This is made possible by Dustin Campbell, O Them Bones, Daily Tech News Show, Andy Beach, Nick Wood, and Craig. That video was posted 41 days ago. As you can see, it is captioned me as F at the House Energy and Commerce Committee on March 23rd of this year. This video was posted before this hearing was publicly noticed. I think that's a very interesting point to raise. But more concerning is the fact that it names this chairwoman by name. Your own community guidelines state that you have a firm stance against enabling violence on or off TikTok. We do not allow people to use our platform to threaten or incite violence or to promote violent extremist organizations, individuals, or acts. When there is a threat to public safety or an account is used to promote or glorify off-platform violence, we ban the account. This video has been up for 41 days. It is a direct threat to the chairwoman of this committee, the people in this room, and yet it still remains on the platform. And you expect us to believe that you are capable of maintaining the data security, privacy and security of 150 million Americans where you can't even protect the people in this room? I think that is a blatant display of how vulnerable people who use TikTok are. You couldn't take action after 41 days when a clear threat, a very violent threat to the chairwoman of this committee and the members of this committee was posted on your platform. You damn well know that you cannot protect the data and security of this committee or the 150 million users of your app. Because that it is, an is representative of, the of Florida, Kat Kamek, at an absolute brutality festival that happened in D.C. yesterday. The CEO of TikTok beaten mercilessly. But anyway, Mrs. Lincoln, other than that, how was the play? Level carnage. That happened. Uh, uh, we, we will get to the takeaways, but if you have not seen it, I would encourage you to check out clips online. We uh, uh, have some uh, uh, summaries here from Punchbowl. And I just want to read this. Just there's the, the first few paragraphs here. Here's a bipartisan assessment of today's TikTok hearing at the House Energy and Commerce Committee. It was a disaster for the popular video sharing app. And its CEO. And the hearing has put TikTok in more peril on Capitol Hill. Chu's high profile testimony received an incredibly frosty and often hostile reception from top lawmakers. It's difficult to imagine how the hearing could have gone worse for the embattled company. Chu has no allies, and it showed. Conservative Republicans and liberal Democrats alike took shots at the company. In multiple instances, lawmakers showed disturbing videos currently available on TikTok and shared stories of children and teenagers whose family members said they died after being influenced by the app's content. This type of bipartisanship is rare in Washington, and when it's directed at a corporation like TikTok, things don't bode well for that company. The panel's chair, Representative Kathy McMorris Rogers, used her opening statement to demand a ban of TikTok and choose top point of rebuttal to congressional and national security concerns. Project Texas was universally panned by the committee's leadership. I've said before 
that I expect TikTok to be either sold or banned in the United States by the end of the year. I'm upping it. I'm saying by July 4th. Uh, things, things that are this popular across party lines, even in an era when we didn't have the polarization that we have today, don't remain quiet for long. And that is the story of TikTok right now. It doesn't matter which angle you want to take on it. And by the way, I don't think all the angles that TikTok got hit with today are fair. Pulling vile videos from a service like TikTok could easily be done on Facebook, could easily be done on YouTube, could easily be done on Twitch. There's a lot of platforms for which you can pull something horrifying that is probably still up right now. Content moderation isn't perfect and all. And then, of course, the fact that social media seems to be making teens, including and most specifically teen girls, more depressed than we have seen on record. I mean, hell, up on Capitol Hill, they just had a whistleblower from Meta that said the exact same thing about Instagram. But ultimately, the thing that makes TikTok toxic is China. And like you just heard in that clip that we opened the show with, this is the bipartisan element that will make this different. It's also the reason why Facebook and Google are either conspicuous, conspicuously sitting on their hands when Congress is looking to take action in their field. Normally, they don't do that. They're very active with lobbying, even when there are issues that they believe would affect both companies. Or, as some have suggested, Facebook specifically, Meta specifically, is actively fomenting scaremongering against TikTok. That being said, there does not seem to be a lot of wiggle room for TikTok. Wall Street Journal today reporting that China would not approve a sale to an American company which also doesn't do the app much favors because it's saying that, look, there are hard roots for this place in China. Oh, boy. I thought it was going to be bad. I did not expect it to be that bad. Yipes. Stripes. I mean, when... <laughs> You know, every time that I thought that there would be a representative that would look to adjust the tenor a little bit, they just had their own thing that they would like to complain about. Your algorithm's not public. Okay, I mean, that's that's the same thing with, with everybody, but you can also apply it to TikTok. Is it spyware? Are former employees of TikTok surveilling journalists? Does your upper management, which is based in China, have access to user data? Uh, uh, it's just, uh, oh, 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 another one on the, on the Democratic side, that TikTok is universally worse at misinformation. That was a Democratic talking book, because the Democrats love talking about misinformation. Oh, boy, guys. The, the, the skids are greased here. Kevin McCarthy says he is for a TikTok ban. Now, how that would happen, whether or not there would be some kind of recouping of money, I don't know. But 
Well, I wanted to add this up front and uh, uh, just give you guys the the update, my two cents on that before we even got started, because, uh, man, that one was an absolute gang beating. However, this episode is a barrel of monkeys. We have the fake president's bracket. Brian Brushwood joins us, and he is our judge this week to determine who advances. We will uh, spend some time doing that. But We are joined now by the one and only Brian Brushwood. Brian. Noted political expert. (laughs) Definitely not the crazy person. Well, no, you're here as a judge. You are here to judge the presidential winning qualities of a bunch of fake presidents. So, uh, oh, wait, I just realized this is a trap because I'm going to be on the hook for all the bad calls that I make. (laughs) You may or may not get hate from people (laughs) online. All right. All right. But I decided, I don't know. I figure it's better that people see into the decision-making process because this is a better podcast content than revealing a Twitter poll. Right. Well, and plus also you can almost certainly predict who's going to win a Twitter poll. And yeah, I mean, like you like that happens. The most drama that happens in a Twitter poll is in the first two hours of it. And then after that, you and, got and, it. and it's like you have to be obsessively on Twitter to do it. And I think for the health of my listeners, for the health <laughs> of America, I should not be giving people more reason to be obsessive about Twitter. Yeah, uh, it is really wild how the first two minutes pretty much determine. It's the same thing with um, uh, within like 10 minutes of releasing a new YouTube video. You know, you know, that's about how good it's going to do. Yes. So bonkers. Yeah. Turns out the Internet doesn't Surprise you past the first two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out the first two minutes are a statistically significant large sample size. Yes. Uh, okay. So, so what are the different brackets and, and who's up? All right. So here are our brackets. We have the foreign policy battle. This is against the presidents from Air Force One and Independence Day. We have the stirring optimism bracket that is jed bartlett from the west wing versus dave from dave right uh then we have the apocalypse bracket these are the presidents from deep impact and dr strange love of course we have the no holds barred bracket okay this is frank underwood from house of cards okay versus Jack Stanton, the Bill Clinton stand-in in primary colors. Uh, okay, okay. So, um, and in this battle, we are imagining them as they are running. They are running in a presidential race against each other. Okay, who would win? That that is the only real rubric and tiebreaker. We're not deciding which your which is your favorite. We're not going to decide uh, how they're going to run the country. Which is a better movie, which is a better TV show. Right. We are just saying if they were running against each other. I feel like I'm strong on all of these except for I only know by reputation the president from the West Wing. Uh but basically oh, I can just picture him. I'll, I'll 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 ask. I know I know he's well beloved by a lot of people. Well beloved. Yeah. There's a friend of ours who lives in London 
by the name of Will, <laughs> who said he will unsubscribe from my podcast if Jed Bartlett does not go all the way. Oh my God. And he sent me text messages that I will read you. Do you want to start there? Do you want to start this with, with, with the stirring oratory bracket or do you want to maybe eat around the edges and then get to that at the end? Uh, let's, uh, uh, let's no, let's, let's hold that one off uh, because that, that will be uh, where I take the most heat. All right. So let's begin with foreign policy. Which, by the way, I do like the fact that uh, foreign policy involves uh, uh, not so much uh, <laughs> foreign policy facing outwards, but both are presidents who are the victims of massive attacks. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, of course, uh, James Marshall, uh, Harrison Ford in Air Force One, is has to die hard his way out of uh, uh, Air Force One by way of uh, Kazakhstani separatists. Whoever was the PR agent for Kazakhstan, somebody went to sleep. If you went from that to Borat in like <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, okay. So in this case, uh, and oh, and we also assume that they, they have their entire historical records to, to run on. Yes. Oh my God. Everything that you saw in the movies so it, have okay. already happened. And now they are running for office against each other again. And in the debate, this is like like a, like a, like a, like a presidential battle world. Sure, right? sure. Like, like, like they might have been coming from different places, but here is where they have to run against each other. Uh, uh, Mr. Harrison Ford, President, uh, how do you explain that you're going to be tough on terrorism? And he says, "Oh, I don't know. I just had my plane hijacked and <laughs> killed them all myself." Yep, <laughs> and lot, jumped lot, out of the plane. By the way, lied about being ejected. <laughs> that yeah. was that was the beginning. They, they, they thought that he had been ejected from the plane. That's why he gets to die hard is because he can sneak around because they think he's ejected. No, no, no. He is not ejected. He is there to kill all the terrorists on the plane. And so uh, at this point, it's like, I don't know. Does that is that a strong enough foreign policy for you? Is that I physically murder terrorists? Now, on the other side, <laughs> uh, you have President Whitmore. He's like, oh, terrorists adorable let, that's let me, amazing let me tell you let me tell you what the real problem is are these illegal aliens yeah <laughs> <laughs> i would say that no administration has ever directed has has done more to stop invasions of illegal aliens than mine now you would say from the marshall side you would say look we all appreciate what happened on independence day fine speech However, when these ships were moving over strategic places throughout the world, let alone the United States, over the White House. Yeah. What did you do right up until the point that they exploded everything? That's nothing. Uh, right. So that's the difference is basically you, you accuse him of being caught with his pants down yep. and you, you uh, reframe the debate as look, uh, yeah, aliens happen, but you're talking about the equivalent of a, a natural disaster. Uh, 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 congrats. You cleaned up after a hurricane. Yep. I'm talking about, and guess what? Last time I checked, there's not another wave of aliens coming, but you know what, who are coming? More people angry with America. Kazakhstanis that are pissed off about their treatment in Borat. Oh, man, I thought this was a slam in my, dunk. In my country, there is problem. <laughs> that problem is the United States, States of America. America. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I, now here, we, we did have people write in. Okay. So Sean writes in that oration, would, uh, uh, Thomas Whitmore, this is in favor of Thomas Whitmore. 
oration that would make Reagan, FDR, and Lincoln jealous, plus leading an air assault against an alien attack. GTFO. Marshall would be lucky to win his home state in a race between the two of them. Uh, okay. Is he going to do the thing during the debate where he vaguely starts to rhyme and then walks it back? <laughs> like, we, we will not go gentle into that good night. We will not give up without a fight. Uh, I hope my wheat has no blight. <laughs> May freedom reign. Meanwhile, John writes, when it comes to protecting our nation from threats, we need a president who doesn't hesitate to act decisively under pressure. And that president is James Marshall. Unlike his opponent, President Marshall does not hesitate to take direct action. When terrorists hijacked the Air Force One, Marshall, a family man, veteran, Medal of Honor recipient, put his own life on the line to thwart the terrorist plot and save the lives of innocent passengers on that plane. We need a president who is willing to make the tough decisions and take action when it matters most. Oh, you know what? Now that I, that I think about it, you could easily... Uh, position um, uh, uh, Independence Day uh, as basically a, a glory seeking. Like how irresponsible for him to hop into a plane and and lead the fight. That is not what we need in a leader. What we need when all the stories are going to be about you and how great you are. Sure, when the glory is there and the cameras are running, yeah, yeah. he'll be there handing out water bottles and, and joining FEMA camps or whatever. But meanwhile, Harrison Ford president. Nobody was looking and he put himself in harm's way yep. to protect the people on that plane. I'm I now Whitmore Whitmore did lead the aerial assault that eventually was able to take down the alien threat. But and again, this was not the stakes here. Let, let's let's understand the stakes. The stakes for Marshall, President Marshall was a black eye to the United States and a freed terrorist. That that is what was on the line for. President Marshall, obviously very personal, but does it compare to an invading superior army? This this is something that was a a a, a battle for which makes you know Vietnam taking on the United States look pale in comparison of a scrappy underdog army taking on a superior force. Well, hold on, hold on, Whit and he struck he struck the deciding blow. Whit Whitmore is the Independence Day one, right? He is Whitmore. Did is he the one that ordered, hey, come up with a virus and go because the virus is what saved the day. It wasn't uh, it, it, it wasn't his plan. Success has a thousand fathers oh, and failure is an orphan. Get all right. Here. OK, so he I didn't look, even look, make that call. That was, he does. He does. He does have troubling ties to Randy Quaid, but <laughs> and and a, uh, a, a a black sex worker like there there are certainly troubling ties. But you want to know what? When humanity was on the run, who stood up and led the charge? All of the humans who <laughs> who took them down. It was their shared collective. Although it was it was it was Whitmore's air battalion that first realized they had to shoot the gigantic blinky thing <laughs> like a video game. Nobody else was going to realize that you needed to shoot the gigantic blinky thing to beat the boss like in a okay, video game. Okay, look, uh, you got to pick between these two presidents and in the next midterms, when they're going to put together some stunt, yep. they don't get uh, uh, handed their butts by the other side, who do you want? The guy who... 
is, is going to, uh, let me guess, is going to get into a plane and fly around and shoot some stuff again? Or do you want the guy who who's going to get doubles- on a plane and beat people up? <laughs> that guy, that guy, that seems like the more conservative of the two foreign <laughs> policies. <laughs> I'm going to go. I think as a, uh, as a crazy anarcho libertarian, I'm going to go with, uh, with Harrison Ford president. Air uh, force one. Is this a final? I, I, I think it is. I think it is. Uh, and for good reason. I PX3 can now project that <laughs> President James Marshall has secured a victory in his race against President Whitmore. It's a more humble foreign policy. Take care of our own uh, 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 strength when it's needed. Not showboating yep. when it's not. Yep. Nope. I'm standing behind it. Get off my plane. <laughs> Are you have you summoned courage to talk about the West Wing or do we want to delay it one more? Let's just uh, delay it. It'll always be delay it one more. Okay. Let's go to the no holds barred bracket. Yep. This is house of cards. Frank Frank Underwood versus Jack Stanton. The stand in for Bill Clinton in primary colors. Have you seen the movie or read the book primary Colors? I have seen the movie. Yeah. Uh, And uh, with a wink and a nod, it, uh, uh, it's pretty much the story of Bill Clinton. So really we have, I mean, a, a bit more than a wink and a nod. Yes. <laughs> like it is like, I don't want to get sued. So I'm going to tell a fictional story about these very real people. Cause it's not just Bill and Hillary. It's also James Carville and George Stephanopoulos. It's like the entire 1992 Clinton team, a very grimy, real politic behind the scenes story is told both in this book and movie. This one, uh, I'm going to need you to push back because this one feels like a blowout for Frank Underwood because in the movie primary colors of John Travolta is clearly not very discreet about his affairs and everybody knows now granted. Yes. If you, if you have not seen, we're going to assume that everybody has seen all these. So, so we can, we, we can fully discuss it. Uh, Part of the animating factor of our main character realizing that politics is a grimy world is the campaign finding out that the Bill Clinton stand in has impregnated uh, a young woman, I believe illegally young woman. Uh, She and uh, 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 our, our hero saying, well, obviously we need to drop out of the race and being explained in no uncertain terms. Uh, not only no, we now need to make sure that everybody else is sufficiently uh, uh, dirtied up. So in case this comes out, we will not be the only one with a scandal. And that leads to the scene later in the movie where they, they get the inside sauce on, you know, a, a same sex relationship. And like when a, a, high a, on a, cocaine. a bygone era gay relationship that was had between a very genteel Florida governor that kind of gets into the primary uh, they destroy his career by. Well, actually, they don't. They don't even. Because oh, no, no, no. He, he, he comes he, in no, and he, he gently he, he, says, "Like, hey, this is coming for you. Why don't you just drop out right now?" Yes, and dude, and he does. And yeah. he just said, "Goddamn cocaine," and then uh, drops out. Yeah, uh, not not bad. Fairly impressive. Even more impressive that it may or may not be based on a true story. Uh, Frank Underwood <laughs> straight up murders people and gets away with it left and right. In fact, he's he went out on top. And and I think I, I never I stopped watching at some point, but w- the, he's just not back after a season. And they're like, oh, he died of old age. <laughs> like he never lost. So I, 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 I had to read the Wikipedia 
uh, because I also didn't watch the final <laughs> season and a half of, of, of House of Cards. Uh, but in the finale of the season before he was banished to the Shadow Realm, he lost the presidency. And his wife was running for president. And the idea was that he would be a titan in the private sector and she would be a, a huge, she would be the, the public face of it. So here's the thing that you might, that, that your memory might be fuzzy on with House of Cards because that show so brilliantly when it was good and not something that you had to uh, have a disclaimer for because of the main talent uh, was good at it was showing him clawing desperately to power and paying any price no matter how dark and grisly but he never really was a popular president he when he got the presidency he was not popular he was never really popular he only keeps doing things to stay barely above the uh, 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 level like compared to let's say another anti-hero of his television era like uh uh uh, Heisenberg in in Breaking, Breaking Bad, Bad, you get the sense by way of the plot that you know when when he's giving his gigantic speech about like he's making as much money that would be listed on the Nasdaq and stuff like that that he is a very successful drug kingpin. You never really get the sense in House of Cards that he is a successful president. But again, we're not talking about governing here. We are talking, talking about, about a politics. campaign. Yep. Uh, and in that regard, one thing that we see is, uh, uh, yes, both presidents move in the shadows. They move sneaky. They're able to keep all the plates spinning in their minds at all times. But as a tactician, Frank Underwood has many more plates uh, and and they're they're much larger. And uh, if he was not as brilliant a tactician as he is portrayed at, uh, he would have been taken out a long time ago. And I just I just don't see uh, primary colors president taking him down in, in any polit uh, politicking. So uh, uh, Sean, who wrote in for all of these, he he makes his judgment as such. Underwood is the Machiavellian puppet master behind the scenes, but not the public facing popular candidate. Oh, Underwood shoot. needed polls in a handful of states to be prematurely closed to even eke out a victory because he had a bottom of the barrel approval rating. So Underwood couldn't finish a term and would basically be finished in a primary by Jack. I feel your pain Stanton like his name was Paul Songus. So even if let's imagine that this gets as dirty as it gets, in the realm of House of Cards, I mean, Frank Underwood is not not popular. He never gets elected. He he uh, uh, he ends up being the president, but isn't elected and did not campaign. Jack Stanton is Bill Clinton. Yeah. So imagine Bill Clinton's ninety-two likability. What a, what a reverse against damn Frank Underwood, who in in this in this world he's a feared player in DC, but he is not a well-beloved player amongst the people. It's, and it's also canonical that Frank Underwood. Also, understands. I, think, I think he fakes a terrorist attack to, to bolster his position. Frank Underwood. Uh, yes. Okay. So uh, two things uh, uh, canonically, Frank Underwood uh, understands that uh, true power is not in the throne itself. Uh, no. And so he may or may not even care. And, and in fact, he becomes president, not by getting elected. Um, but uh, so it, but 
if we're talking about a face-off for election, yeah, uh, my full prediction would be, I think you're right. I think Bill Clinton stand-in does win and uh, eventually has an accident, and then Frank Underwood becomes the president. <laughs> but uh, no, if we're right up until it looks like Bill Clinton is about to win, and then he's like, like, oh, this coffee's great. Like, it's cyanide. <laughs> As Frank Underwood turns so, to the camera. The only question is whether or not that happens before or after election night. <laughs> and so yeah. untraceable I, to take advantage of his heart condition. <laughs> I, I I do feel like, oh man. You gotta render a final a final judgment here to advance our bracket. I'm Underwood to, versus Stanton. Underwood has definitely shown that he's willing to take oblique paths to power. And I feel like he would be almost unconcerned with election night, just as long as he eventually gets the power. So I think on election night, it'll be uh, 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 Bill Clinton. Stan- Stanton. Yeah, Stanton. Which I didn't realize that. I wonder if it was on purpose that they named him Stanton like Stanton. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised in the least. Uh, all right. So PX3 can now project <sighs> that Jack Stanton has advanced and, in uh, our uh, presidential also bracket that uh, 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 everyone should take out a life insurance policy on him <laughs> <laughs> because after winning the election, well, look, Hillary Clinton standing, uh, 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 will make sure that that is, that that is the case. This news update is brought to you by TakePoliticsSeriously.com. That is where you can support this program. For $1 a week, you get an ad-free feed. For $3 a week, you get two bonus episodes each and every week, one on Monday morning and one on Thursday afternoon. And for $10, you get your name right at the end of the show, our Titanic $10 tier. It's all there for you. TakePoliticsSeriously.com. So it appears that Donald Trump will not be arrested this week. Reports coming out of the Manhattan District Attorneys saying that the grand jury will not be convened either Thursday or Friday. And if anything is going to happen, it would happen Monday. But scuttlebutt now making its way through the chattering class that the DA has possibly been told to either stand down or are scared about making the charge. One thing that the DA is not scared about is brushing off House Republican interference. The Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg ripped House Republicans' efforts to intervene in his criminal investigation of former President Donald Trump, going as far to call it unlawful, unconstitutional, and inappropriate. In response to a letter from three House GOP committee chairs, the DA's office said it would be willing to meet to see if there is a, quote, legitimate legislative purpose in Republicans' request to want to ensure that they respect New York's sovereignty. Quote, we trust that you appreciate the importance of our federal system, state and law enforcement activities and the critical need to maintain the integrity and independence of state criminal law enforcement from federal interference. That was also signed by General Counsel Leslie Dubeck. This is a underrated weird story. An underrated weird story. Because the, the, the instinct is to say, well, Donald Trump's the master manipulator. And 
that he whipped up a fury over nothing, reports that he brought in millions of dollars in fundraising since his truth on Saturday. However, there was a lot of reporting saying that the district attorney had been in contact with Secret Service, that there was wheels in motion. Now, they did have one more, legitimately, one more witness that the grand jury heard. According to Republican sources, it was a damning one. Who knows if it was? But it seems like we are in moonwalk mode for Alvin Bragg. And if that's the case, then at least when it comes to the bookkeeping fraud charge, that might be a wrap. The California State House voted on Thursday to advance a bill that would penalize oil companies for price gouging, a first-of-its-kind legislation pushed forward in recent months by that state's Governor Gavin Newsom. The bill, sponsored by Senator Nancy Skinner, received the approval of the California State Senate in an extraordinary session convened to fast-track the legislation on Thursday morning. The bill could head to the state assembly as early as Monday and receive the governor's signature shortly after that. Newsom commended the Senate's quick action following the vote, stressing that for decades, oil companies have gotten away with ripping off California families while making record profits. With this proposal, California leaders are ending the era of oil's outsized influence and holding them accountable. The bill would authorize the State Energy Resource Conservation and Development Commission to set a maximum gross gasoline refining margin and then establish a penalty for any California-based refineries that exceed that margin. The commission would be required, however, to consider the refiner's request for an exemption from that maximum margin. So this is Gavin Newsom responding to high gas prices. Some of the highest in the nation are in California. It's crazy that... Now, there are other states where it's cheaper and they did it without a price gouging law. I guess it's those oil companies. They just love ripping off Californians. Oh, they just love doing it. Yeah, I don't know. I would like a price gouging law on my state taxes <laughs> when, when I got charged those. Sometimes those, every once in a while I would fill up my tank of gas. I'd be like, man, that's a lot of money. But it was never the way that I would say, man, that's a lot of money when I looked at my state tax bill. I'm just saying. It's a lot. It costs a lot to live there. It's a beautiful state. And in other technology, and in news, and in technology news that has yet to wind up on Capitol Hill, OpenAI and their chat GPT platform announced the adding in of plugins today, ways that you can access information that is off the training model of the AI. The way that this these things work are like you have an interaction with this large language learning model that they've trained on data that only goes up to a certain point, right? It's finite. It ended in like 21 or 22, something like that. This the ability to plug things in means that you can now interact with data that is off-platform and stuff that can be updated. The launch partners are Expedia, Fiscal Note, Instacart, Kayak, Klarna Shopping, Milo, Family AI, OpenTable, Shop, Speak, Wolfram Alpha, and Zapier. I'm just going to say, I'm putting it on on, on your radar. We're going to we're going to hear 
about political stuff with OpenAI and AI very soon. In fact, maybe as soon as when this TikTok thing wraps up. <laughs> as soon as the TikTok thing wraps up, because I don't think that Congress has in their mind the, the, the ability to hold two technological things at once. They've had to kind of put the Facebook stuff uh, uh, in, in the closet for a second so they can pick up TikTok. But I'm telling you, based on the economic impact that AI is going to have, we're going to see interaction with TakePoliticsSeriously.com is where you go to support this program. And now, back to Brian. Are you ready now to go to the West Wing or do we want to do our final bracket before? We'll hold off. Hold off. Just a little bit longer. Let's go to the apocalypse bracket. Deep Impact's Tom Beck versus Dr. Strangelove's Merkin Muffley. I mean, who's going to win? Uh, I feel like Dr. Strangelove's president was a different time, different priorities. The existential apocalyptic threat were humans that lived on the other side of the planet, not a natural disaster about to happen. And and by all accounts uh, uh, in deep impact, it looks like this is a popular president who also seems like a straight shooter who knows how to deal with the press in ways that I don't remember being (laughs) reflected in Dr. Strangelove. Well, so a few things about the deep impact president Beck. Let's remember. He also hides from the American people an extinction level event. In fact, that is our, our heroines uh, road of trials. Is, right. She is, thinks is she's uncovering an, an affair, an affair right. but instead it is a meteor about to hit the planet. And yes, he placates her by saying, don't worry, I will make you a part of our, of our big reveal of it. But he does. I mean, if he's running in a campaign, that's going to come up. Why did you hide from the American people until you had coordinated with the Russians? that this thing existed does he not trust the american people i mean he gets the benefit of saying that's a great question and i'm glad you're alive to ask it you're welcome <laughs> whereas mm. whereas the president if we're keeping it canonical to <laughs> to talk to strange love yep. then then glopnar the mutant is <laughs> saying with his third head asking the question uh when fish <laughs> so the argument against Merkin Muffley is a he did literally preside over the apocalypse. <laughs> Spoilers for Doctor Strange Love, but uh, everybody dies. Also, also uh, did the one thing you must not do: set up a, 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 an, a an apocalyptic failsafe. That the only way it works as a defense is, uh, or I guess uh, was it the the Russians who had set it up and they just hadn't announced yes, it yet? The Russians, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the Russians basically set up a nuclear holocaust uh uh fail switch yeah by saying uh we have planted bombs all over the world that if one goes off everything goes off we cannot turn it off we were planning on telling you so you would not do something like this whoopsie yeah and then uh and it's the american one uh one bomber uh, doesn't get the message call it off and so 
He's the chief executive whose military sloppily handled a thing and lanced uh, a boil that exploded the planet. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say those are those are some bad optics when it comes to the debate that he's going to have with the guy who saved planet Earth. So there's also this. Morgan Freeman, especially throughout the 90s and 2000s, uh, and I would say even continues to today to be an authority figure for which we desperately want. We have put Morgan Freeman in every role of authority that we possibly could in any Up kind to of and including God, including <laughs> God. If we could figure out a way to make him more powerful than God. So in his soothing voice, he could tell us what to do. We would do it. Uh, uh, but but so far, that is as high as uh, of a role that we could get. Compare him to the inspiration for Merck and Muffley, which was Adelaide Stevenson who they credit at the beginning of Dr. Strangelove that like Merkin Muffley is Adelaide Stevenson who lost, I believe officially as a candidate twice and was probably would have lost in 1960 as well. But he was like the original Bernie Sanders, the original like college kids choice peace Nick. Uh, uh, but he got ran over by like the Eisenhower of it all. Yeah, I, I'm just not seeing him winning any debates. I am not seeing him get a, uh, a, a, a even much of a plurality, much less uh, uh, the majority. Uh, so this one's easy for you. Yeah, no, this is a slam dunk. You got you the got guy who saved the planet versus the guy who ended it. <laughs> the guy who ended the planet. All right. PX3 can now project that Merkin Muffley has fallen to President Tom Beck. Uh, and luckily, that's all the time we have. No, 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 no. Oh, no, 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 no. I got to say, I did not know that we had such Dave fans in the audience. Oh, man. Yeah. Dave Kovich versus Jed Bartlett is our final matchup here. Let me read our first pro Dave email. I have to write in for the man that will get undeservedly crushed under the weight of Jed Bartlett fanfare. Dave Kovic is the man for the job. This man repaired the president's relationship with his cabinet, with his wife, with his vice president. He repaired America. He balanced the budget single-handedly. Meanwhile, what has Bartlett done? Oh yeah. He hid his MS from the American public. Dave proposed the largest jobs program since the new deal. He's been a working man. He knows it's tough. Jed Bartlett, Notre Dame educated East Coast elite that paid his way to the White House on the back of his family fortune that dates back to the Declaration of Independence. Who, uh, 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 Josiah Bartlett, who was one of the 34 signatories that also happened to own slaves. Ving Rames would have taken a bullet for Dave. Jed Bartlett, he let Josh Lyman take it for him. All right. So that was one email. Here's another one for Dave. Dave is a movie about hope, fantasy about how people from outside the beltway can make a difference who also celebrates our political system. He starts the movie as an impersonator, making fun of the political elite, specifically the president. He then finds himself in a position to find ways to compromise and build unity while improving the lives of average people. He's not a wonderfully silver tongue elitist who looks down on 80% of the country who's politically different. Bartlett's character 
Reminds me of the college elite who tell Latinos that they don't have the right to choose their own name and will write compelling and masterful Atlantic articles shaming them for not adopting the Latinx name that their white superiors have given them. Dave is an underdog in the movie. It's appropriate he's an underdog in this bracket. Meanwhile, let me read pro, pro Jed Bartlett. This is again from our friend Will in London. Who last time I checked isn't even allowed to vote in this country. He's allowed. Except with his dollars on Patreon, which we love very much. Uh, his, uh, 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 he's allowed to vote it here globally <laughs> in presidential battle world. <laughs> All votes are welcome if they email and therefore create free content for this show. Yes. Jed Bartlett is considered one of the best fictional presidents in the United States for several reasons. His intelligence and expertise, Bartlett is portrayed as a highly intelligent and knowledgeable individual with a PhD in economics from the London School of Economics. He's shown to be well-read. His speeches and debates reflect his experience and intellectual depth. His leadership skills, Bartlett is depicted as a strong leader who's willing to make tough decisions for the good of his country. His moral compass, Bartlett is a principled leader who is guided by his values and morals and his compassion. Bartlett is shown to have deep compassion for the people, politically those who are marginalized and disadvantaged. Overall, Jed Bartlett is considered to be the best fictional president of the United States of America. Now, that is all to be taken in, but let me make sure that I am not, uh, <laughs> I'm not providing any uncompromised information, but this was my favorite email that came in. My favorite email. It is entitled, Jed Bartlett is the worst. <laughs> Hi, I'm a Hill staffer in Washington, D.C. Oh, my God. And I can confirm that the, the West Wing literally ruined America and has inspired <laughs> decades of neoliberals. <laughs> President Bartlett ran a horrible staff that was always off message and botching nominations, hearings, legislations, elections, and just plain governing. That is when they aren't sleeping with prostitutes and leaving their government phones with them. He shipped jobs overseas through free trade agreements. Bartlett was beyond arrogant and condescending to his staff and, uh, and the staff showed him a level of deference and reverence reserved for the likes of Kim Jong-un, Stalin and Hussein. Not a candidate I can imagine being able to rub shoulders with the ordinary people of the Iowa fair or South Carolina fair. He would only do well in New Hampshire because it's his own state. Bartlett literally has a degenerative illness. He hid from both of his staff and the public. He treated his vice president the way that Thomas Jefferson treated Aaron Burr. I don't care if you have a Nobel in economics or you can speak Latin. The guy couldn't even keep the country or his own daughter safe. When an American plane is shot down, killing Americans and his own doctor, a senior naval officer, Bartlett does nothing. Weakness, cowardice, and incompetence are the hallmarks of not only Jed Bartlett's foreign policy, but the foreign policy of the West Wing-inspired neoliberals when they have run foreign policy over the last decade. Finally, after his eight years of an uneventful presidency with little to show other than a bullet wound, who does Jed Bartlett endorse as his successor in the presidential primaries to carry his party's torch and continue his legacy? Somebody that is a congressman named Santos. <laughs> what? 
In the latter West Wing seasons, I believe Jimmy Smith's oh, okay, character okay, okay. is named I Santa. Thought, I thought you were revealing who wrote that letter. <laughs> no, he's. I think he's just pointing out that yeah. George Santos is right uh, now a different uh, brand. Those are some harsh, harsh words. Now let's uh, no, let, let, let's get Mr. into the details. President. Let's um, get into the details on this because remember, Dave, not a president. But, but, uh, Bartlett, uh, would you like to respond? Bartlett turns to his right, looks at Dave, and says. Man, you look a lot like that president who died four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> and now you've you've done what? You ran for city council. But I mean, you look a lot like that president that just died the other day. Well, no, he didn't die, right? Yeah, no, that's how they wrap up Dave is uh, he goes to do it. He, he's secretly in a coma. Then he, he fakes, comes back. He fakes. Uh, no, the president never comes back. Oh, the president's uh, dead. No, Dave fakes having a stroke gotcha. in the middle of a big sweeping speech. Oh, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. they yeah, switch yeah. around the bodies and uh, uh, lingers in a coma until finally dying. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, I feel like uh, I feel like for a lack of experience, I yeah. mean, how many seasons was Bartlett president? An awful lot. So yeah. he's got the record. And yeah, it's a checkered record, just like anybody who served in office for a very long time. Je uh, Dave's official resume is I ran for city council at the end of my movie. And he's also a comedian. And he's a comedian who looks, man, just so much you like that president. You look a lot like the president that died. <laughs> and so he's running against, essentially, let's make him Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> like, yeah. whatever. I mean, no matter how much you can hate Bartlett's uh, record, he has one as president for many seasons. Uh, could could Dave, so you're saying, the, the, the point of your argument is there's no way that the American public could know that he secretly was the final act of a president who died of a stroke. What? That's his choice. He could say, by the way, that was secretly me. And I don't think that's America why, that's why, by the way, that's why I'm dating the first lady. <laughs> yeah. Right. That, that, Which also, the they hook up at the end. It's like, is it kind of weird that you're, you're dating that guy who looks a lot like, like you and a husband? <laughs> Isn't it great? I guess she's got a type. <laughs> I mean, I, either he admits it, in which case I don't think he'll be rewarded with all the votes or he doesn't admit it. In which case it's like, why are you even here? Yeah. <laughs> go, go back to, I think it was in San Francisco at the end. So I, I I see no way Bartlett doesn't uh, defeat Dave. Even with all, all, all the, the, the people were on Dave's side in terms of the emails that came in, including that one Hill staffer who I'm going to charge needs to write in every time that Jed Bartlett is on the ballot. Also, because I thought his email was hilarious. Which is which is the which is the greater crime to hide a degenerative condition or to fake one live on camera. <laughs> what, what, to fake a fatal condition. I, yes, exactly. I, I can't. I can't see Dave. You cannot. Bart, you cannot, no. in good conscience, put as Dave. much as I would love it. <laughs> so you might think Dave is a better person than oh, Jeff Bartlett. Sure, sure, sure. But he's got no resume to run on, and the good and, resume. And, and he can't. He, he can't, can't say his resume. Otherwise, he gets destroyed. Exactly for lying the entire time. Exactly and. Also, everybody will know it's very weird that I mean, you're could, banging. Could, could you see dead Dave going on the attack? Like, uh, uh, what's up with you hiding your MS? And then Bartlett's like, 
Hmm. Is that really what we want to discuss? Yeah. Let's <laughs> make sure it's, that uh, we have. Yeah. If I start beating you in the debate, are you going to fake another stroke or like? <laughs> <laughs> what do you What do you have? Vats of clones waiting? <laughs> <laughs> unless okay, unless Dave pulls a mega heist and says, uh, "You know what? Uh, I I am that previous president that you loved. Uh, I didn't really die. We just had to fake that I died for reasons, but they." Stem cells cured me and I'm back. <laughs> so remember how much you liked me? And I just had that little stroke. Name one candidate who had a stroke and defied the odds. Yeah. Dave, D-A-V-E. Yeah, no, I'm still, I'm still going Bartlett. That's it. <laughs> yeah. All right. The PX3 decision desk can now confirm that Jed Bartlett advances, which means we now have our final four, our last two matchups for which everybody needs to email in the young American at gmail.com. It will be from air force one president Marshall versus president Bartlett. That'll be the, the, the first matchup. And then the second matchup will be Jack Stanton versus President Tom Beck. So we are looking at primary colors versus deep impact in one matchup. And we are looking at Air Force One versus uh, uh, the West Wing in the other one. Yeah, I, 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 th I think I could stand behind all the decisions. The only one that was really close was the foreign policy one. But but now that I'm here in the final four, uh, I, that's I'm, a strong I'm okay. that's a strong final four. Yeah, that is that is a strong final four. I, I feel like I really should have looked at these brackets a little closer because I kind of feel like oh, Marshall yeah. versus Bartlett could be a final. Like that's, that's going to, I'm going to tell you what, we, we don't normally draw things on, on party lines on this one. I got a feeling, I don't know if there's going to be a lot of Republicans that are going to vote for Bartlett. I don't know if there's going to be will, a will lot of Democrats that are Ma going to vote Marshall for Marshall. codes red and, uh, and, and Bartlett codes blue. And then meanwhile, uh, uh, man, we don't really get to know. I, I, I would assume uh, it was Beck, right? Uh, yeah, uh, from Deep Impact. Codes blue, and then uh, and then then that would be kind of blue versus blue. Then, well, spoiler alert: almost all the presidents in movies are Democrats. Yeah. <laughs> like very very rarely do you get the hero president that's a Republican in television or movies. Uh, so uh, uh, there's there is that. So, but in terms of ones that you know, conservatives or Republicans can root for. I think that they would probably go. I mean, but then again, it's like Tom Beck versus, you know, the, the, the guy who, you know, uh, uh, organized with the Russians to help save the world from a rogue, uh, uh, asteroid versus Bill Clinton. In 92. <laughs> I, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's uh, hard. I feel if anyone was going to beat that dude, it would be it would Bill be, Clinton be, in 92. Yeah. Wow. I'll tell you what, the only way that we determine this is by you guys writing in theyoungamerican at gmail.com, theyoungamerican at gmail.com. Uh, uh, we'll I'll tell keep you what, that window open for as long as we can before we do next week's decisions. If anybody has a beef and wants to tell me I'm wrong right to my face, you find me 
Andrew Heaton on Twitter, and you just <laughs> let me have it. By the way, who do you think is going to have to be the guest next week? I'm going to have to get Eaton to come do this. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and then maybe maybe we'll have both of you for the final. Maybe maybe we'll have. Uh, I'd be down uh, for that. Uh, we, bo- we both can both of you debate the one final uh, 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 version of, of the it. two of them. We'll figure that out. Uh, Brian, anything that you want to let everybody know about? World's Greatest Con Season 3 is coming. Please get caught up right away. Head on over. Just look up World's Greatest Con on your phone. Uh, uh, You'll be able to catch up in, I don't know, uh, three or four days. Uh, It's a good one, guys. We will probably run the first episode on the PX3 feed, but uh, this season, tell us a little about this season. Um, it It is so bonkers that if we didn't, have interviews with the actual first person characters. It would sound like we're just making up things whole cloth, uh, an insane world where people are believing in wizard powers, where government money is being spent to create psychic assassins with uh, some people claiming to have powers, other people seeking to debunk them Two kids, 17, 16 years old, Go undercover for a multi-year con to trick some of the smartest minds in academia into getting them to genuinely believe that they have psychic powers. And there's a twist at the end that is heartbreaking and complicated. It's very good. It's all true. And it's coming in season three of World's Greatest Con. In April. If it doesn't come out in April, then you'll know why I committed suicide <laughs> it's coming out in April. it cannot it cannot remain in dropbox for any longer than april uh it is something that that uh brian and i have worked very very hard on for uh months now yeah, I, since I, uh september september well, and, and even then we we had to set up the interviews we started getting those first interviews in september and i just remember the uh, first interview went very very well but we suspected it would go very very well Second interview was like three and a half, four hours long. And it was like, there was like this wide eyed moment that we're like, is, is, is this coming together the way it looks like it's coming together? I mean, it's, and, uh, and a lot of work, a lot of work going into it, but it's good. Uh, and hopefully a trailer soon, soon TM soon TM. (laughs) All right. Thank you very much, Brian. And that wraps it up for us today. Politics, politics, politics. Written and hosted by me, Justin Robert Young, for Dog and Pony Show Audio in Austin, Texas. If you would like to thank Brian Brushwood for being our guest or curse him because he sent home your favorite fake president, Dave Heads Unite, you can go to letter P, letter X, number three, guest.com. Email the show. We're going to need more emails. We're going to need more emails for our winners here for James Marshall versus Jed Bartlett for Jack Stanton versus Tom Beck. It's all going to be about you guys. Send them in the young American at gmail.com. Follow the show at PX three tweets. Follow me on Twitter. Justin R young. You can find me live on Twitch PX three live dot com and you can share this podcast with your friends family and clergy px3podcast.com you can support me with a one-time donation paypal.me slash pay jury venmo is justin dash young dash 20 cash app is px3 cash and you can send me anything you'd like 
in the mail. P.O. Box 153184, Austin, Texas, 78715. The only place that you can get our bonus content, however, is TakePoliticsSeriously.com. $3 tier gets you two bonus podcasts per week covering all the news that we miss on our free podcasting schedule. And our $10 tier gets your name read at the end of the show like these fine folks in the Titanic. $10 tier. Dustin, Jason, C. Garcia, Matt, John Gross, El Basso, John, Craig Potts, MC Radio, Unsafe DB Levels, Katie, Amanda, Yield, Pinball Shop, DP, DP4, Bongo, Neemeister, Catherine, Todd, and Vote Gloria Young for King of the New World Order. Edison, Up, Up, Down, Down, Left, Right, Left, Right, BA, Select, Start, Dr. G, Neil, Charles, Darren, 100 Mile Runner, Idris Arslanian, Blue Front and the Lenina, DL, Steven, Chad, Nomadic Terran, Molly's Dashing Debut, Miranda Janelle, Adam, Chief Andy, Robert, Casey, Paul is awesome. Brad Richard, just another pilot, middle-aged Mike who loves Frank got abducted, Utah, Jimmy Montana, the Gen, A-L-D-L-D-L-D, really? Chopper, Andrew, and Joshua, if you would like your name read on this show, well, friends, there's only one thing you need to do. Head on over to TakePoliticsSeriously.com. Oh boy, who knows what is going to happen next week. Will we have an update on the Manhattan DA? Will we have legislation on TikTok? Will we have rumors that TikTok will be sold? By the way, something I didn't get to in, in, our, in our intro, uh, Secretary of State A. Blinken said that TikTok has to be stopped one way or another. That's harsh words from the Secretary of State, and he is influential. Secretary of State is uh, uh, that's that's big. That's big. Uh, uh, Biden has said that TikTok should sell. There's no pushback right now. Absolutely no pushback. Something's going to happen. And we'll be there to cover it next week. Till then, this is your old pal, Justin Robert Young, saying some shows talk about politics, others talk about politics, and still more discuss politics. But this, this is the only show that dares discuss. Oh! Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs) Dog and Pony Show Audio.